episode of Watch the Game presented by the Nation Network. I'm your host, Sam Blazer, and I'm joined by a co-host, an old co-host, uh, someone who hasn't been around for a little while, uh, Adam Lascaris. Adam, how you doing today? Uh, doing all right. How are you, Sam? Can't complain. Can't complain. You're joining us. Uh, you're in the heart of Toronto right now. Is that correct? Yep. Just got back to the city today. Excited for uh, Game 1 of the Leafs matchup and uh, a couple other fun matchups tonight. Excited to utilize the actually uh, good filter on Snapchat? I mean, I went by the square today and it wasn't open, but um, I think that might have been a little bit early. Um, for those of you who don't know, our good friend uh, Jeff Bayette um, set up uh, the Leafs are actually good filter outside of a Beer Cannon Center for uh, game one and potentially game two of the first round. So um, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, just picked up a brand new spanking jersey today. And uh, yeah, I think it should be a fun series. Which jersey did you pick up? It had to have been, it had to have been Matthews, right? Or were you trying to be a hipster? Uh, no, I went with uh, I went with my boy Mitch Marner. I've been there for him since day one. He's been there for me. So that's not a bad um, choice. Yeah, my, my biggest issue is it's such a Toronto millennial problem. See, I wanted to buy a Matthews jersey, but what happens if I buy a Matthews jersey and then they name him the captain? Do I have to pay extra for a C? Like, so that was a legitimate thought that went through my mind. Uh, so that's why I didn't buy a Matthews jersey. It's not a wrong thought. I I, I had the exact same thing. I. The only hockey jerseys I own, one is a Sergei Bobrovsky Flyers jersey. Uh, another is a uh, Blue Jackets Brandon Dubinsky jersey. And for a period of time, I was like, do I want to wait until he gets named the uh, captain? He didn't end up getting named captain, but it was right before that. And I was like, I, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, maybe I should hold off. I don't know. But I ended up pulling the trigger anyway. And I went full price, man. I, I didn't wait for any deals. I just kind of like went for it. And I like, I think like looking back two years now, I'm like, man, I, I really could use that money. What what the hell did I do? Why did I, why did I splurge on that? But uh, let's talk about the series this far because that's what we're here to do. We're talking about uh, the playoffs. And uh, obviously there's last night games that took place. But I still want to be able to predict all those games for you. And I, I'm, I'm now thinking out loud with you. If you get a Snapchat with the actually good filter – um, what I want you to do is I want you to send it to me, and I want to uh, use that as the uh, profile picture for the uh, episode tomorrow, put, a, put up tomorrow morning. What do you think? I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'll see if I can uh, one. <laughs> I I'll like that. Find one. But let's talk about the uh, Caps uh, Leafs series. It's going to be an interesting one. A lot of people are, for whatever reason, counting the Leafs out despite proving people wrong all all year. The Caps are obviously very good, but – the the Leafs, on the other hand, they don't. They're, people are acting like you know they're going to roll over and die. I think with how young this team is and the amount of skill they have, they they don't necessarily have all the horses to keep up with them. But I feel like it could be a series. Am I wrong in that fact, or do you see something else here? No, I, I think you're definitely not wrong. I think one thing that uh, people kind of forget about the Leafs is like they just score a lot of goals. Um, I'm going to pull it up now. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think they were third or fourth in the Eastern Conference in goals scored which, I mean, not bad at all. They led their division. Uh, they had 251, and Capitals had 263. So, I mean, only 12 goals over the course of 82 games. That's, you know, 0.1 goals per game or something like that. So, I mean, if they can get a lead and, you know, get up early and not find a way to blow it in the third period, um, then, you know, it's anybody's ball game. Like, they're definitely not the better team going into it. I don't think anyone can argue any way around that, but, I mean, they can score. Uh, defense and... I mean, goaltending, I don't think will be suspects, but they don't have Braden Holby back there. But, I mean, if they can score, it's, you know, it's, it's anybody's ballgame. Definitely. And that's what 
I think anytime you have an offense that can absolutely uh, can blow teams out of the water on some night, I think you're going to hang around. I mean, much like the Stars last year, how they kind of just were hung around no matter what, I feel like similarly they could do do something like that. I think there there may be a little bit more uh, defensive responsibility on this Leafs team, but uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Zaitsev and everybody else as well because the defense for Game 1 looks uh, questionable <laughs> at best. Do, are you worried about that at all? Um, I mean, they haven't been great with Zaitsev. Not that Zaitsev has been a bad player, but, I mean, I've kind of gotten used to the, the past couple of years in Toronto. Like, last time they made the playoffs, so obviously it was a bit more so, but they're a very high-event team usually. They usually, you know, have some, de- uh, some decent offensive firepower, um, and then, you know, just sort of, you know, go scoring chance at one end, scoring chance at the other end of the ice. So, I mean, it sort of depends on how, like, it, it's a really, like, old adage, but it depends if they can, you know, like, keep the shots to the outside and, you know, keep the grade A scoring chances low, you know, all that fun stuff. Like, the numbers, they don't go out the window, but like, you're looking at a, a seven-game series and you're looking at game one tonight. I mean, you can you can be outplayed a little bit and still keep yourself in the game for sure. Definitely. And, I mean, in a league where you can uh, anybody can win any night, I don't feel like this is going to be a four-game sweep like some are predicting. I another thing, but that's the thing though. Talking about the Capitals, they're really, really talented. All throughout the lineup, they have firepower. Even when they employ people like Tom Wilson, it's still you know pretty darn impressive that they're able to do what they do. And I think you know Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshie, you know. Uh, Marcus Johansson, they they have pieces just all throughout this line, but then on the back end they have Niskanen, and Shattenkirk, uh, Carlson. It's a, it's out of this world. So you see why they're like they're the favorite. But I'd, what is what do you think is going to be the overwhelming factor uh, if the Capitals do win this series? Um, Tom Wilson for sure. Uh, actually, a former former classmate of mine, former classmate of mine. Funny enough, and a former baseball uh, baseball teammate back in the day. I mean, he went to school with him for. For one year, he was a year older, but uh, back in middle school. So <laughs> it's it's kind of funny uh, just seeing him and how he's evolved into uh, like an NHL villain. Uh, I always thought he was a really nice guy. I still think he probably probably still is, but I don't know. I guess the style of hockey that got him to the NHL was uh, rough and tumble and, uh, you know, fighting people and throwing hits from behind and jumping up and, and whatnot. So, um, but anyway, I, I think, um, like you said, the main thing will probably just be defense like the Leafs you know they may score three but give up four and that'll be the be the difference uh, maker in that one so I think yeah I think and then obviously goaltending as well uh, some people were saying Anderson's got to throw up like a 940 to win the series which I don't know is true but um, it'll it'll be a tight one for sure yeah and who do you have uh, winning the series and then how many games uh, for uh, the official prediction I made was caps and six uh, but the other prediction I'm going with is Leafs and four. Um, but uh, no, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be an interesting one. I think that the, the most interesting thing that I've noticed about this series is most models that I've seen have put the least odds at about thirty three, like thirty to thirty five percent. So about one in three odds. And if you really think about it, like the way I try to rationalize it is if you look at like Josh Donaldson for example, his like on base percentage the year he won the MVP was thirty seven percent. But like if you when he comes up to the plate. You know, that's like a one in three chance. Like, you'll take those odds any day of the week, right? So For sure. Definitely not definitely not favored, you know, definitely not good odds. But, you know, they might be able to squeeze it out. 
I, that's one of my Unlikely. favorite. That's one of my favorite but, things thus far on Twitter is lo- uh, looking at uh, various uh, Leafs fans basically saying, "I've convinced myself this can happen now. I, I like this team yeah. much more than I do." And I think there are reasons to like them. I don't think that's uh, a foolish thing to say. It, it's really cool to to actually see this team now participate in it, and I think it's going to make it even better. Is seeing how the ACC is tonight, or not tonight, but uh, to see how uh, the fans rally around the team. And then how the the uh, they've rallied around them during games three and four as well. I think my pick for this is also going to be Caps and Six. I didn't. I actually didn't fill out a bracket, so I'm I'm the worst kind of person. So I'm going to be kind of making this up as I go along. But I think you've kind of convinced me that Caps and Six is not a bad choice. It wouldn't actually surprise me if tonight that uh, the Leafs win a game and then they almost strike the fear of God in the uh, Capitals and then from there make it a a bit more of a series. Now, I kind of want to move on to, you know, my series, the series that uh, I was watched last night, the uh, the Penguins and the Blue Jackets. It was an interesting game last night. The Blue Jackets dominated the first period. Second period went completely the Penguins' way. Uh, in that first period, the Blue Jackets were mostly kept to the outside. Uh, Penguins were able to capitalize on opportunities as they can with their skilled players and kind of made it into a runaway there. Um Mark uh, Mark Andre Fleury in that weird weird development. I don't think it's a good sign for the Penguins at all. Uh, if that's going to be the case of this series, I think there's going to be a couple stinkers that he's going to end up throwing up. Um, what do you think? Of, what do you think of the series, and what are what are your expectations for this one? Do you think this is going to go long, or do you think this is going to be a short one? Um, yeah, I think my prediction here was also Penguins in six, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely had them winning the series. I don't know. Too many people who wouldn't have just, you know, based on the size of their defending Stanley Cup champion. Uh, you know, they have a stack for Australia. Like, you don't really need to explain that the Pittsburgh Penguins are a good hockey team. Uh, but then again, like you said, the Marc-Andre Fleury factor, it's interesting because, like, he's had a very strange career. You know, he's had some years where he's been league average. He's been some years where he's been lights out. And then in the playoffs, he's been, you know, a whole other monster. You know, he's had those couple years there. He was absolutely abysmal. And no one really could explain why, but at the same time, he didn't feel confident going to him in the playoffs and then you know he had some nights where he pulls out like last night you know only allowing one goal halfway through the third period and already up by three like that's not a not a bad performance at all so i think i think they can definitely uh the penguins can definitely push themselves to the finish line and uh i'm sure you know the blue jackets are just a really hard team to get a feel for like anytime you win 16 games in a row definitely you know all, all the credit to you but at the same time like people are just I'm sure people are just kind of confused about this team. They know they're definitely a solid playoff team. You know, they know they're, um, you know, above average, like maybe a little bit better than the middle of the pack in the out of the playoff teams, but, you know, maybe a little bit worse. And I think it's just, I think the Penguins, you know, pull it out. But um, as we saw a couple of years ago, the Blue Jackets have to fight in them. So I think it'll be an interesting series. Yeah, another area then of the game that I think is going to be interesting and compelling is what the Penguins end up doing on defense. A lot of the game last night, they were uh, getting shelled with some shots, and not having Chris Letang is a big thing. Mott is back, Daly's back. Together they they were playing, and they're not necessarily a great Corsi pairing. They did all right last night, but during the year I think they were something like forty percent. So if that they can if they can you know put up those type of numbers again, I think the Blue Jackets have a shot. Uh, I think I, I had pens in seven for this one. I think it's gonna. I think the Blue Jackets will probably end up winning on Friday, and then you know all hell's gonna break loose. Um, 
But I, I have faith in this team. Another thing uh, as well is Sergey Bobrovsky is a sub-900 save percentage, and I think a dozen-plus playoff games, which is not great at all. And he's going to be the Vesna winner this year. So it's kind of interesting to think, like, what exactly is going on there? And some people are saying that they're going to need him to steal a couple of games. But, I mean, I think at this point, if you can even just get, like, league average goaltending, uh, that may be enough to you know put them in the game as well because last night he was eight sixty three I believe so that's that's obviously not going to win you any games especially in the playoffs so uh, but yeah I have, have back yeah exactly uh, Curtis make backup I I wish they would have no but I I got pens in seven you have pens in six I'm writing these all down by the way I think we're going to put them up on the uh, site when we're putting this out there um, the other now I want to stay in the Eastern Conference for now I want to talk about the Bruins and Senators. Uh, weird game last night. Obviously, a lot of people wanted to talk about the tweet that the Senators put out in the second period. Um, Boston leads 1-0 now, but uh, what are your thoughts here? I had Boston in, in a pretty short, quick series, but the fight that the Senators put up in that game was really, really odd to me. I, I felt like that wasn't a team that I've seen at all this year. But, I mean, if the Bruins kind of have uh, you know, a so-so game and they're still able to come out with a win, I don't think that's a good sign for the Senators. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think the, the Bruins are a team that you know a lot of people have said they're most likely the third-best team in the Eastern Conference after the, the Penguins and the um, Penguins and the Capitals there. And uh, it's funny, I actually have, a, I have tickets to Game 5 of this series because I bought them uh, just in case the Leafs were... Leafs are going to be playing, and it looks like there's going to be an overlap uh, between Leafs Game 5 if they make it there and Senators Game 5 if they make it there. Um, so a little funny that I, that I actually ended up with tickets to this series. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think like you said, the Senators, you know, they have some fight in them. But, um, you know, Eric Carlson tells that he's not 100%, even though he picked up an assist last night. And, you know, the, the Bruins, I think they're, even though they're not necessarily on their last legs, but, you know, like they had a couple – rough years here you know they had a couple times and they didn't make the playoffs and uh, they sort of just pushed in this year so they're definitely sort of a shell of their former selves but at the same time um it's just really hard to to see you know brad marchand and patrice bergeron like not being able to uh will this team over the finish line in this series yeah it's it's really weird i i don't know like if what we saw last night is an aberration from the Senators or if the Bruins, you know, are kind of toying with them. I'm really, really excited to see uh, how this progresses because I think if it's a quick series and then the Rangers and Canadians ends up being a long one, which it kind of look like, looks like it might be, I, I think that we could end up having, uh, you know, a more uh, tough second round series, um, for the Canadians or the Rangers than they anticipate. And I think that there's a strong chance that they could end up, uh, that the Bruins could end up making it through, which is just so weird considering where people had placed them before, right? Like they were considered at one point in time, you know, uh, out of the playoffs. And then they were at one point in time, one of the, the leaders They're And then of course they fired Claude Julian. So you never have uh, a real uh, pinpoint in there, but what was your uh, 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 amount of games again for the, the series and uh, team? I had, I had uh, Bruins in five, and then in the other one I had uh, Canadians in six. No, oh, yeah, sorry, Canadians in six. I just pulled up the bracket again, so just double check in there. No, it's all good. I also had Bruins in five. Um, I the, the, the Canadian series. Uh, just to kind of touch base on it again. Uh, 
they're once again another team that I don't really understand, to put that lately. Uh, their bottom six is kind of filled with just a bunch of guys who run around. And throw, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just run, running around throwing hits, not doing much offensively. I mean, Galchenyuk at times was playing in the fourth line. I don't really understand that, but whatever. I guess more power to Claude Julian. Um, everyone anticipates a goaltending battle, Lundqvist versus Price. Lundqvist ended up winning the first battle there. I wonder, though, if they I mean the, the Rangers rested some people down the stretch. I wonder if that's going to come into play at all or if this is just going to end up being uh, just a longer series than anticipated because most people have the Canadians winning pretty quickly, and you, uh, it sounds like you have the Canadians also winning as well. What are your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the series? Yeah, just like going back to the Canadian standpoint, I've never really, like, even if you look in the past, I want to say 15 years, I know I'm definitely missing a guy or two, but, like, just looking at their, their offensive talent over the past 15 years, it's been weird. Just, like, you know, looking against them as a sort of like a rival team that I've watched a lot, like, they've always sort of, I feel like they've had a very, very similar makeup. Like, they've always been, you know, they've had good goalies, they had, you know, Halak, they had, Theodore, they have Carey Price now, usually pretty strong defense. Like Markov was there for so long. They had Subban, I think. Um, you know, they, they had a few guys, but, like, it's just, it's sort of always a strange lineup. Like, they always have, you know, like, Philip Dano in their first line, Thomas Bukanek, like, David DeHarnay. Like, they don't have him anymore, obviously. But, you know, they have, like, yeah, Pacioretty, you know, can put up over 35, and they have, like, had Koivu for a few years there. But at the same time, like, you know, Kovalev as well. But, like, they just seems to be always a team that seems to be like a middle six team for their entire squad besides like maybe one or two offensive stars. And then they just find a way to like, you know, dig in and go lights out and usually win one or two playoff rounds. And that just seems to be the Montreal way. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know if that's going to change. And I don't really like watching it, but like they find a way to do it. And like, there's something about playoff hockey in Montreal and, you know, playoff hockey in Canada for that matter. And, I don't know, they got a pretty good grip on winning first-round series. Not that they're guaranteed to win it or anything, but, like, they they find a way to, like, dig in an extra gear. No, I'm the exact same way with both these teams, both the Rangers and the Canadians. I don't like almost anything they do with their lineup, uh, either offensively or defensively. They have players in, like, that I feel like they could be easily be taken advantage of, and for whatever reason, they just keep advancing. And it's mostly because they're goaltending. But you look at, I mean, you got Girardi, you have Nick Holden, you have like, Kevin Klein. I mean, Kevin Klein's okay, but then you have, like, on the other end, like I already talked about, the bottom six players for the Canadians. It's like they keep, they don't want to change. And, I mean, I guess I get it because they keep succeeding. But, you know, for someone like uh, Mark Bergevin, I don't understand why... I feel like at some point he's going to be able to see the teams that are around him, at least even in the conference, and be like, we could be ultra-skilled like them, and we don't need to employ like these ridiculous players, at least six of them, and still be a fine. But I... Whatever, that's not for me to say. That's, you know, why the heck they're GMs, and I'm not, right? I guess they are uh, they get paid to make those, those decisions, and if they keep on winning, no one's going to really question them too much. Now, let's move over to the Western Conference. First one I want to talk about is the Blackhawks and Predators. Uh, what are your thoughts on this series? I think this is going to be much closer than some people think, and I, I am leaning towards the Preds, but I want you to tell me uh, who you have, and maybe you'll uh, send me over the line with this one. Yeah, so apparently in the uh, the picks for the Leafs Nation pool, or it wasn't really a pool, it was more of a prediction post, I, apparently I picked the Predators in three games, 
which Pen- is really Predators in how many games? I, in four. I don't remember doing that, to be <laughs> fair. Probably wouldn't have done that if I thought about it for more than five seconds. I guess I just was inspired and was in like an anti-Blackhawks mood. I don't know. But anyway, um, so, and then on the NHL.com bracket that I took, I picked Predators in seven, which is probably more realistic. Um, but anyway, so I, I think the Predators can definitely take the series. I don't see any reason why they couldn't. Um, you know, like the one thing people are saying is they don't have, you know, they don't have home ice advantage. They're coming into the second wild card. Um, the Blackhawks are the Blackhawks. But I mean, at the same time, if you remember just looking at the, the team in the summer, uh, you know, after that Subban trade, people were pegging them as like a cup favorite or a cup contender. Um, you know, they got really strong defensive depth. Uh, they got a few underrated guys. You know, Phil Porsberg's really strong forward. Uh, Arvidsson's been playing really well. Um, you know, they got Subban on the backhand. Uh, Yossi, Brian Ellis. You know, one of my one of my old school uh, world junior favorites. So they definitely have like a, a solid enough lineup. Uh, maybe they don't have all the name brand that. Uh, that the Blackhawks have or all that experience. Um, but and maybe the Blackhawks will be able to pull it together for, you know, one more cup run. But I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why um, Nashville is a serious underdog in the series. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess technically because of the way this sh- uh, shook out, that it says that they're more or less the underdogs. I mean, are the, uh, the West, uh, the wild card people here, but I think overall what I really like about the Predators is how consistent they are throughout their lineup. I mean, I don't like their goaltending, but I look comparatively if you know you just do matchups across the board with the Blackhawks, I feel like the the Predators come out ahead and there's some real areas that they can take advantage of them. And I wonder if that's going to end up being the case. Uh Blackhawks obviously, you know, playing in the United Center doing uh, you know all that stuff around it can obviously be intimidating. I don't think it's going to happen to them. And, and, I mean, with a player like Subban on their team who's been through this stuff before with the Canadians, I have I have some real faith in the Predators. I also have them in seven um, as well. So that's I, I like that our picks are kind of aligning there. Uh, next one I want to talk about is the Wild and Blues. Um, Blues are ahead 1-0 um, in the, uh, the series as of this recording. Um, overtime matchup, uh, Parise uh, had himself a funky night. Um, Joel Edmondson ended up scoring the game winner. Um, Tarasenko with an absolutely ridiculous move, and then Jake Allen playing out of his mind. Uh, who do you have in this series, and um, is there a reason why it shouldn't be uh, the Wild? Um, yeah, the uh, well, the, the Wild definitely deserved to win last night. I mean, if you look at the stats or if you just like watch any part of the game, they were clearly the better team, but I do have the Blues in six games. Um, basically, the reason why I picked it was I think that just like sort of, you know, not really an out there prediction, but I think that Tarasenko just like has a series for himself and not like wins it by himself, but he's been a guy who, I mean, one of the one of the better players in the NHL over the past few years. He's going to pull up his stats now. Um, you know, he's definitely been like an, an offensive force pretty much since the moment he stepped into the league. Um so yeah, like I mean, this year he picked up 75 points. Last year he had 74, 73, um, and you know, last year in the playoffs he picked up like 15 points. Um, and I, I could just see him having a really good series. Um, that's basically that's basically why I picked them. Uh, nothing against the Wilds. Uh, you know, they're a, a team that you know pretty comparable to the Blue Jackets this year. You know, had a hot streak. Um, just didn't come out of nowhere, but you know, at the same time, performed above expectations a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just. I don't know. I'm just I'm just feeling feeling the blues in this one in six, but not 
after last night's performance, maybe adjust that a little bit, but, um, you know, still pulled out the W. So they're still, they're still ahead of things here. Tarasenko is one of those players that no matter what, he can just take over a series, right? Like there's so few of those players in this league. And I think that he's one of those players that you put the puck on a stick and he just kind of let him do his thing. He can do it. Um, I, I see where you're coming from. I think that the Wilds still are going to have this. I th- Once again, much like the Predators, just looking up and down their lineup, both on offense and defense, I just really, really, really like their lineup, and I like the way that it matches up against the Blues. Uh, but that's not to say that the Blues don't have some skill. I mean, you, a lot of times you look at the, their lineup and you think to yourself, man, why? Like, how do they keep on winning? And then you actually like take a deep dive into their stats and you go, how the hell does this player have, like, 40 points? And that seems to be, like, five or six of the players in the Blues. Like, what? It's, it's like without like fail that's always what ends up happening and it's the it's always the funniest thing because the blues they weren't from perpetually uh overrated now maybe underrated i really wonder how they're going to do in this series and um, if jake allen can hold up if he can i think that he has a chance to steal this series but um i have the uh, wild in seven games um, the next one that i want to talk about with you is the ducks and the flames uh, this is one that I really have no idea how it's going to go. I have a lot of faith in the Flames. I don't think the Ducks are that good. This could be some of my uh, Randy Carlisle bias sticking out here. But um, who do you have in this series? What were your thoughts? And do you think that the Ducks are really as good as their record says? Uh, yeah, I actually wrote the preview on this one for uh, NHL numbers, and my thoughts on that one were uh ducks in six um it was one of the more interesting series um looking into it like i i looked and their numbers like if you look at almost all of their stats they're very similar like if you look at their possession numbers if you look at their like um five or five or five on five um like goals for percentage numbers uh, like they're all within one two percentage points of each other that kind of thing and um it's it's also like the sort of elephant in the room with this series is calgary like never wins in Anaheim for whatever reason. They haven't won since 2004, which is, like, you know, enough time to, I don't know, like, go through, like, three levels of school. Um, so I think it's pretty wild um, that they haven't haven't done that. Um, at the same time, I don't know if that really has an impact on the series just because, like, streaks can always be broken. There's no, like, real reason behind probably randomness behind that one. Um, so I did pick the Ducks in this one, but at the same time, one of the closer coin flip series, I'd say. Yeah, it does feel like a, more of a coin flip for me. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I like about this for the Flames is just how great their shot differential numbers are from top to bottom. I'm not sure how I feel about their defense. I like some of their top players there. Um but I mean, similarly to the Ducks, they, they they have some young, really really good players. The Perry and uh, Getzlaff have played okay this year. They haven't been their normal selves. I wonder if there's something going on there. If they can turn it on, I don't see any reasons why they can't move move on. But I feel like if you get the Brian Elliott, who's you know showed up at times, um, and that's why I'm. I think I'm going to pick the Flames, and I'm going to put uh, pick them in six. I just really, really like with what they're doing there and how they're, um, you know, going to be able to take it to the, the the Ducks. I think it's going to be a really physical series, much like how the the Penguins and Blue Jackets is a physical series. I feel like that's going to be a, a similar way. No, neither of them are going to shy away from it, and I think that uh, the Flames may try to uh, 
attempt bullying them there. Um, another game that's already taken place, uh, or a series that's already started, I mean, um, the Oilers against the Sharks. Sharks ahead 1-0. to zero. Um, Oilers started out strong, kind of sputtered out. Shot differential went heavily, heavily in the Sharks' favor. Uh, what do you make of this game? Uh, what do you make of this series? And uh, who do you have in uh, how many games? Uh, yeah, this one's an interesting one. I think it's the series that I'm most uh, excited for in the other half, um, or in the other conference, uh, like pretty much strictly because of McDavid. I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, it's his first first shot in the uh, NHL playoffs. I remember just watching him in the OHL playoffs. His teams are on TV like almost every night, which never happens um, for like junior hockey. Um, and so it's pretty, it was pretty wild, um, you know, to see him finally, finally playing the playoffs. Um, the whole, the whole Edmonton Arena thing. I'm sure everyone's heard of it by now. But like with the concourse passes, and then uh, like the Edmonton fans are already upset, like somewhat justifiably so, somewhat not justifiably so. But like high ticket prices, and um, just like their you know first time there in in uh, 11 years. And um, anyway, so I picked uh, I picked the Sharks in this one. I want to say in six, but it just closed the bracket, and I don't know where I put it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I found it again. I, I picked the Sharks in six games. Yeah. And it's funny though, because I, uh, like you know, like I said, um, watching been watching McDavid since he was 15 years old before he entered junior. One of my one of my favorite players in the league. Um, so it'd be fun to see him move on. I was wearing a McDavid jersey yesterday, but at the same time, I picked uh, I picked the Sharks in six games, and I, I put 20 bucks on them too with uh, Cam Lewis, our other other co-host. And uh, yeah, just the, the main thing that I was talking uh, talking with him about, I got him really riled up. He probably won't listen to this, but in case he does, is um, the just how the the Oilers has been like one of their biggest gripes all year. They have McDavid, best player in the league. If anyone like tries to doubt that, I don't know. It's pretty pretty easy argument. Um, they have McDavid and they have Drysaitel, who's got like seventy five points, and then they drop off to like forty nine, forty four, forty two. Um, so I was having this argument with him about like what qualifies as like a depth player. He's like, oh, they have five players who score twenty goals, and I'm like, yeah, but they have two guys with fifty points. And so, like, I think I think that really will be like the make or break. Like, if they ha- if they can get a decent depth performance, you know, if Lucic can score, um, you know, two or three goals in the series, I'm pretty sure he picked one up last night. If you know, yeah, two points um, last night. Yeah, so you know, if he can pick up some points, I really can pick up some points. If Maroon can, you know, score a hat trick in a game, or you know, have a, have a good one. If Drake Agulia's stick can not break on a breakaway like it did last night. Um, Chris Russell scores a goal, you know, just if, if things have to go more right for the Oilers to win than they do for the Sharks, I feel. No, without a doubt. I mean, if you look at their depth pieces, I don't think they're terrible on the Oilers, uh, but they aren't, I, I would have to agree with you that they aren't like game changing players and they're definitely not players that if you go up, say, uh, against a third line of Logan Couture and like say Joel Ward on the Sharks, I don't think you're going to come out with that every single time. And it's a real problem, and I think that the Oilers are going to end up changing it over time, and I think that what's going to end up happening is they're going to be able to you know, solidify it. I just don't have faith in the team uh, you know, on the bottom six, they have like they have respectable players. This isn't to say that like you know the, these pl- certain players are uh, trash, but I mean, if you're having like Mark Letesti with like 35 points be like one of your like players that you're pointing to, I mean, and he was on the Blue Jackets and he played well and he's a good player, but he shouldn't be like one of your like you know top five, six, seven scores on your team if that like if you want to come out like especially with your forwards, that's just that's kind of ridiculous and I think it's a, it's a real problem. But I think. 
that they're going to end up making it a series. I also have the Sharks in six. So overall, we're pretty similar. And looking at the Eastern Conference, we have all the same teams. Um, in the Western Conference, we only have the Preds and Sharks in common. But um, I think overall, this is going to be a really, really fun playoff series. Now, before I let you go, Adam, and um, I appreciate you coming on and talking after so long. we got to keep doing this, man. I, I enjoy it way yeah. too much. Um, so, uh, what do you think of the playoff format? Do you like it? Are you against it? Uh, I'm not, I'm to be admittedly, I'm not a big fan of it, but I mean, you'd, you'd get why. Cause the, the, uh, blue jackets would be playing the senators. if This was the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, the main thing is, I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, it, it's, it's set up some pretty solid matchups this year. Um, you know, it could have, could have shaken things out a, a little bit differently. I think for, for neutrals, you know, uh, Blue Jackets Penguins. I remember, like the series they played a few years ago, was one of the best playoff series I've seen in years. So I think you know it's nice to get that matchup again, um, even if it's sort of uh, like it's obviously looking at the standings. Like, yeah, I don't think any other sport that I can think of does a playoffs like this. Um, you know, the NHL wanted to try something new. It's worked decently well for them, I'd say. But at the same time, um, like, yeah, there's definitely the complaints to be said. But at the, um, I don't know. Just for me, I'm like. When it comes to hockey, sometimes I become a bit of like a nihilist, I guess, in a sense. Like, just, you know, it is what it is. Enjoy it. Um, like, when people complain about, I don't know, like, Blackhawks have too many outdoor games. Like, the NHL is not going to the Olympics. Like, I don't know. Um, there's two games scheduled at the same time slot. Like, I have bad commentators, that kind of thing. Like, I just kind of let it out the window at this point. Just like, it is what it is. Let's just enjoy the hockey game and uh, drop the puck. Yeah, I'm. I, that's how I kind of feel about it all. I, I mean, it stinks with how like ended up breaking up, but you understand like why you they do it because of the rivalries, and you can start you know putting it on one side of the bracket. You can almost manufacture them, which is interesting because they're doing this, but they're not necessarily marketing their players. They're wanting these team uh, teams to be you know almost at each other's throats which i mean hey more power to you but that's kind of that's more geographical and i don't think it's going to necessarily impact the game as nationally as they hope so i don't i don't really understand that but i i'm also kind of a nihilist with about 95 percent of this game it's kind of just like you know hey they're playing the game whatever who am i to really say anything about it i'm kind of just resigned to it all and if they want to just you know, played the way they are now. Obviously, I, another thing about it is too is that like with the fighting and then the hits and all that stuff. I feel like with the, like the day and age we are, this is something that should end up being phased out. But we're just kind of just stuck with it. <laughs> and I know yeah. that I'm supposed to like really give a crap about like you know all this other stuff that's happening to the players, but it's I'm really just not a fan of it. And within the way that the league is handling it as well, just overall it's kind of disgusting. But I, I guess like you, I'm just kind of saying, meh, whatever. I, I'm just, I'm here to just watch the games and then, you know, probably give an opinion or two here and then. Yeah, I think just quick, uh, quick note on that point about NHL uh, marketing players. I mean, I know the NHL, um, like a lot of people feel the same way that the NHL markets players poorly. I remember one of the funniest things seeing this year was, um, I'm trying to remember who exactly was on the the poster, but the Leafs put out a poster for their. Uh, Centennial Classic game this year, and they had Tyler Bozak, Morgan Riley, Matt Hunwick, and maybe Komarov on it. And everyone was like, "Why are you marketing these four players? Like they were marketing them because they were wearing like the assistance captains, but like they were like, you have Austin Matthews on your team, like throw him front and center, like market him on like every coaster in the league." But at the same time, 
I'm like, man, like I'm watching the game whether you you throw them on the poster or not. So I feel like I don't know. It's funny to see like a bunch of like on Twitter, uh, a bunch of like hardcore fans do about the NHL's marketing campaign when it's clearly not targeted towards them. And uh, you know, it's already worked for them because they're watching the game and talking about it. But that's just my two cents for sure. I don't I don't know why Austin Matthews and uh, Connor McDavid aren't just everywhere right now. It, they they should be. They're they're so incredibly fascinating, and I love everything that they've done for the game, uh, at least speed wise. And it's making it that much more entertaining. So who the heck knows? But maybe they'll, they'll uh, you know they'll get some resolution to that soon. Maybe they'll start uh, you know putting putting it in that direction. But um, Adam, before I let you go, uh, I want to give you the ability to plug anything you want, um, your Twitter account where you can find your writing, and then uh, I can let you go. I'm at uh, Adam underscore Lascaris on Twitter, and uh, find my writing on the Nation. Cool. I appreciate it, buddy. Why? Well, thanks for coming on. We'll get this out as quickly as possible, and um, I'm interested to see how the Leafs do tonight, right? Yeah.